0: And this is the one where Chelsea leaves all this shit in. Yeah, Wait, she doesn't edit it. Yeah. Oh, cleans it up, makes it. Yeah, your makes your failure nice and crisp to hear. I don't like
1: that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hi
0: Chelsea. Hi Chelsea. Hi Chelsea. Hi. Hi
2: Chelsea. Hi. 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 All right. <laughs> Welcome to our special retrospective <laughs> episode. Um. We'll see if that beginning part is left in, I guess. <laughs> it's the Wild West out. You've here. referenced
1: it. It has to be now.
2: Yeah. Or we can just leave an air of mystery.
1: Ooh, true. We have a whole second shot at that if we want to.
0: But this is the tell-all.
2: Oh yeah, if we all of us just saying hi, Chelsea. Hi Chelsea. <laughs> hi, Chelsea. Now I hope both of those hi, are Chelsea. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, um, so I was your GM this past season in uh, our Kids on Bikes game Greetings from Hell. I am Fiona L.F. Kelly, and joining me here, I have a handful of our players. Um, we will see if Roger joins in at some point, uh, so there's surprises in store for our listeners. And also our recorders. <laughs> and also us. Um to see if Roger ends up hopping on or not. Uh Annie is not here. We did know that going in there, yeah.
1: Oh, I had so many um, compliments that I was gonna give
2: Annie, but now I guess I'm just gonna shit talk her. <laughs> Annie does have That's a special exactly, message that I'll get to a bit later. But we are joined by um M. Caitlin and Cliff mm. uh who are three fifths of our kids on bikes.
1: Annie, you're so fucking um, good at math. <laughs>
2: well see it wasn't even that i was counting all of you it was that i had to go the other window and be like oh my god did i forget someone because i would have felt really bad (laughs) oh my god um yeah, it's that feeling of like, oh my god, I've like totally forgotten this person like all season and they're going to like be really upset with me. Uh from <laughs> the <a> mysterious other. <laughs> it's the end
1: of the
3: semester, you forgot about I know, about I, and class. you forgot.
2: Yeah, you forgot you had like a whole class and now it's like the finals. No, and,
1: don't joke know. about that. I know. No, this is and reminding your underwear. Fuck you guys.
2: I got an email like that well, literally look. today. <laughs> this is an it... actual nightmare I have recurringly
3: and happens. Oh, had I did too.
2: Yeah, I do too. In my dream, though, this is like, this tells you a lot about me. In my dream, I'm like bitching at people about it. Like, I'm calling people, I'm being like a pain in someone's ass to like try to get the class to drop and being like, it was clearly a computer (laughs) error if I didn't go a single time and like all this stuff. But that tells you so much about me, right? Yeah, it really does. I think that that's like my response in the dream.
0: I mean, conversely, I actually just did take a class and never went. Mine
3: is like, I in the dream I know I went to this class once and then apparently completely forgot about it because I get an email that's like, by the way, your finals are next week and if you don't like get a hundred percent on this final, then you fail the class and then it's just me panicking for the rest of what's oh, left of no. this dream.
0: Yeah, dream.
2: Oh uh, no. Hey, what a... My mom still gets those dreams. Not saying I, I have transitioned to but I I have. the topic of the evening. Yeah, How <laughs> so organic. Which is which is about our recurring nightmares. Yeah. Um, oh god, no! What the <laughs> we're fuck? Back in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise! Uh, this is our episode where we talk about what went into the season and uh, bullshit and. Uh, stuff like that. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get 30-ish minutes of extra content from this episode if you subscribe to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash project derailed. Um, you get to hear what we were talking about <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of the episode, so oh my God. Chelsea oh, has shit. to keep it in somewhere. What if it was that? Just like 30 minutes of like utter nonsense? As if it's like not already 30 minutes of utter I was nonsense, say but like even but... more so. Yeah. <laughs> They're
0: the same picture. Yeah.
2: Um okay, so where do we want to start? So we do have like I think like two questions cuz sometimes we get questions for these sometimes we don't. Um if you are new here, you can send us questions on like Discord or social media or wherever. To answer on the show. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get priority in those because some seasons we get like a lot of questions and some seasons we get like no questions. Um, This time we got two, and both of them are from Chelsea. Um, but I have questions from other seasons, and also Cliff is usually most of our questions, um, so I kind of figured <laughs> that, like, we're going to be able to fill the time, so it's all good. Listen, I've had a week. I will come up with I came with okay. prepared because I'm
1: a good little student.
0: Ooh! Oh, look at you, little mixed um, kiss-ass. And you knew as soon as
1: you started saying it, but you still insisted on finishing, and that's unfortunate.
0: Listen, if there's one thing I do, it's finish what I start. That was it.
2: I finished. <laughs> All right. Um, so I actually do want to start by reading this message um, from Annie. I thought that that would be a good place to start. So she did prepare um, something to say to everyone. Um, She wants to say, uh, this is what she wrote to me, so I'm going to be using I, but it's just I'm reading directly from the message. Uh, Thank you to everyone. I know I'm not the most active player all the time, and through recording kids, I had a lot of personal stuff going on. I never wanted to cancel last minute, though, because I knew if nothing else, I'd be laughing the whole time. Also, thank you for Corianne. She was a very real representation of me as a child, an insecure girl desperate for friends, and I just really appreciate her. And I being able to be a part of this group. So until next time, just know I really appreciated being a part of this recording. It helped me through some really heavy times. And I thought that was so yeah, sweet. Yeah, what the fuck? Come on, Annie. Now we're all going to sound like assholes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is going to be surrounded by fart jokes, but this needs like some I nice know. flowing music underneath it just to... Underscore, how genuine that is. Compared that's to the why I had to like get it fully. in
2: early because I'm like, there's going to be like nowhere for me to just like <laughs> slot this in in between like all of the fucking nonsense we're gonna come up with. Um,
0: this is you just lassoing in us, going pee, yeah, pee, fart <laughs> too soon. Um,
2: but I love having Annie on these seasons. Annie was in our very first season. She was on Curse. She played Penny Rickwood. Um, and she's been on a couple other ones. She was uh, she was on one of Caitlin's first seasons, uh, being part of Bluebeard's Bride with Us. I love having her on. She's like, she cracks me up with just like her little asides and everything. Uh, Corianne had a bunch of them, and also Penny had a fair amount of them too in Curse. But. Yeah, I hope we can get Annie back for more very good content. I always love playing with Annie. All right, so Annie got us uh, that sincerity, um, and now we can move on to uh, some utter nonsense. So let me pull up the other questions that we got. Um, So this is to, I guess, all of you all um, from Chelsea. I wanted to know if anything you guys did as players if there was anything you guys did as players to sort of get yourself into high school territory, like, did you think on your own experiences or have a teenage kid character in mind when you were performing as your kids?
1: Oh, uh, this is the one where I was like, this is going to be an embarrassing answer for me in that. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll start, because my answer sucks and it's stupid. It's also going to be too long and rambly. Uh, Cliff's played in other games with me before, so y'all might not know this, but I'm always a like, gremlin in games. Um... <laughs> because it's fun and also because button machine helps push plots and character relationships Mm -hmm. and shit but I also have had the most fun playing gremlins that are teenagers and I genuinely Mm -hmm. feel like there's something about TTRPGs that like if if you're not the type of person that likes being a murder hobo you can kind of hit those same beats if you're like a shitty little teenager
2: so I feel like
1: yeah yeah, it's kind of my comfort zone (laughs) stupidly enough I'm in my 30s but like it's much more fun than anything else to play somebody in their like mid to early teens or sometimes late teens for me. So That no, makes
2: a lot of sense. Yeah. So. I mean,
1: thank Christ. I don't know anybody that was quite as bad as Raven. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's every teen and she's also every character that I ever want to play in a game. So it wasn't hard. It wasn't a process yeah. at all. I'm already there constantly. <laughs>
2: It was interesting having you because I don't think that I had even played in a game with you, so I I really wasn't sure what to expect when we first started recording, but then like Raven came in just like... I almost imagine like Aphrodite coming fully formed out of the waves, just this like <laughs> character that I know instantly who they are, and like you came in with such good like starts to scenes, and then you would hit this really great button, and then just like disappear into the mist. <laughs> it, so it got with everything
1: I wanted, and I'm
2: gone. Yeah. Yeah, I commented that to Tom after because I, I really wasn't sure what to expect. But because I had played with, like, Saker and Cliff, who I know you play with a lot, I'm like, eh, it's going to be fine. And so it's going to be good. <laughs> um, but uh, it, was, it was so funny. I loved Raven so much. I loved all your characters. But Raven really cracked me up. <laughs> who wants to answer next? Uh,
0: I guess I'll go next. Hi, I'm Cliff LFB. And I was your Wally you on this season of Fables what Around the Table. You're
1: setting a vibe that I already didn't do. Because well, there's I no that good, good space. space. Now I'm
0: going to sound like even more of an asshole. I, I know. It's my you. job to make you look bad. Um, I mean, I've already said it. I play with em a lot. And usually we go into a game where it's like, Hey, let's try and have a, a friendly relationship. And it immediately turns sour because Anne is constantly a gremlin. So I think getting into character for Wally, I'm just like, you know what? I usually play the nice trying to get along character, even if they have like kind of a like standoffish shell. I'm like, no, I'm going to try the M approach and just make a little absolute unredeemable gremlin. And it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. The problem, the only problem Hello motorcycle yeah. going by. Woo. The only problem about Wally was that he was he there were too many things that went his way. The mystery yeah. was too correct for his guessing and his conspiracies. Like he should not have been Mr. Action Movie 3 games. He really
3: shouldn't
1: have. He shouldn't oh. have, but I'm kind of fucking obs- I mean, first of all, kudos for playing like <laughs> I, I don't want this to sound mean because I love Wally. But like we all yeah. knew that kid, right? In like high school and grade school, like the one that was like too weird even for the weird kids. And so when you were like, I'm gonna play like an actual conspiracy theory child, I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> he's not gonna have any friends <laughs> is the unfortunate thing. But then like I mean, it was exactly it. Like, things kept working out for him as far as roles go, and he was right about things. And, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but with the way that, the like, the retrospective wrapped up. um, Or not oh, retrospective, right. the uh, kind of, yeah, the, the epilogue stuff wrapped up. But I was a huge fan of, of how that all kind of sorted itself out at the end of the day. And I feel like it makes, I don't know. I mean, I like RPGs having, like, feel-good story moments as much as a lot of people I play with really enjoy, like, pushing on the drama and obviously I did too. Like I really like, you know, pushing buttons, like I said, but I, I also very much like when the trope is sort of subverted in that way. And it's a really obvious subversion of like, you know, the antisocial weirdo kid makes friends and becomes popular and is effective at things, but I like it. I mean, it's just a sweet, it's a nice thought for those of us that <laughs> have a little bit of that weird
0: kid in high school. Yeah. Like, and uh, and just He my dice rolls were objectively on the side of should have failed like one of those attack rolls I ended up with like a three and Fiona got a two (laughs) like they were they were not high rolls but Fiona just somehow narratively her rolls were worse.
2: fuckiest like fights of all time which like I love visualizing it's not that <laughs> Wally did something really cool it's just this sort of like yakety sacks like fuck up yeah it's just a mess like <laughs> yeah it's a
0: comedy of errors
2: failing upwards mm-hmm.
0: yeah to actually answer the question um I just kind of thought like what's like the shittiest most irredeemable qualities of like the like Em said, the too weird for the weird kids. And I just tried to embody that, tried to give that that trademark nasally wally
2: voice. Get on the fucking ground. And <laughs> that yeah, I was wasn't, on the most the entire in season. But my that head. line really got me. Get on the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> just tried to make so much about him just Irredeemable and unlikable, and yet I still have the shock Pikachu phase when I get locked in a <laughs> uh, porta potty.
3: Oh my God, I forgot that. All right, uh, Caitlin. So I'll say that, um... Fred. Please. Um fred Footballman. he's probably gonna meow the (laughs) yep fred footballman's probably gonna meow the entire time that i'm trying to talk so there's a if you hear meows on my track that's that's what's going on um to like get in the headspace um for most of these recordings i was jamming out to like 80s power ballads for like at least 20 minutes before every recording um And I had actually based my initial concept for Babe off of a character in Super 8. And that is Jen, the older
1: sister. Um, Oh, shit. God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. But I know I can picture exactly. She's the blonde
3: older sister (laughs) who has a car. Where she's like, I cannot stand that I've been involved. But of course I'll help. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Em and I had talked um, outside of our initial uh, meetings for characters and stuff about um, doing, like, how we wanted our sibling dynamics to go and, like, working on backstories and stuff. So, like, I got a lot of gremlin influence from Em, (laughs) because I feel like I would like to play more gremlin characters, and I don't always quite know how to do that, but I feel very comfortable doing so Fred please sir <laughs> Fred
2: wants his voice to be heard
3: <laughs> but I, I feel like this season was really fun for me because I got to kind of like go with a lot of like the impulse reactions I have with things that I do not share with most people um, so that was fun getting to embody somebody who says meaner things than I ever feel like saying
1: Fiona, I'm actually curious for you and I guess this is more setting wise and I think Chelsea might have even asked this question so I might be stepping on her toes but um, I mean this season for me was obviously a little difficult because I was not born in the 80s and I don't have that connection but you talked a lot about like your experiences in high school and drawing a lot on like your hometown and the layout of things and the behavior of people and I'm just curious what that was like like get i don't know you getting into character as the dm and as the town and then oh gosh and
2: yeah i really like like the type of story like the small town big adventure kind of story um that like kids on bikes and some other games really like let you explore um so in that sense i think i was like right there with it now there are a lot of like sci-fi elements and stuff that i found more difficult to engage with although i think i got um better at them as time went on that's also why i sort of brought nick in to help me with stuff um but uh yeah this was an interesting one because i feel like it was also sort of like a turning point for me as a gm like where i felt like okay like i feel like if. have really hit my stride in a lot of ways. Like I really like telling like the teenager kid adventure kind of story. So I want to like, um, push myself in, in new ways. So like I engage with more sci-fi stuff with this and I've actually just been running a ton of kids on bikes games, just, you know, um, out into the world just to like get better at different, um, types of improv and like lean more into chaos as a GM and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I definitely always fall back on, like, I grew up in a small, like, 5,000-person town that you could get around everywhere <laughs> on your Jesus. bike. So, you know, if I'm, like, describing something, I'm just describing something from my memories where, you know, you go around, like, the big center of town, and then you go into the woods, and this way is, like, you know, the big, stinky, uh, algae-covered lake from the park and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um but then also trying to bring in those tropes that you see in, um, like, what I, what I was really going for was not necessarily 80s media, but, like, 80s nostalgia media. Um, because I think that that is what people are more familiar with at this point. Um, there's other Kids on Bikes games that I've run where I really am drawing more on, like, The Breakfast Club, John Hughes kind of stuff. And then this one, I feel like I'm more in, like, a... Um, Stranger Things, Fear Street, sort of um, area where it's sort of like we're very much looking at this through this like uh, millennial lens, but also this like 2020s sort of lens going back into the 80s. Whereas the 80s, the nostalgia was sort of for like the 1950s. So we have this weird like nostalgia cycle thing going on. um Maybe that answered the question. I, sort of, I feel like I sort of lost the plot there a little bit. <laughs> no, it did. Um,
1: I like that. That's an interesting point about the nostalgia yeah. cycles, I think is what you called them, because I, I don't know, like for me, there's no connection to anything pre 90s. But thinking about it, and as much as I can, because I was like sub 10 years old in the 90s. But like, I mean, that does make perfect sense. Like even you weren't nostalgic for the 80s and the 90s, you were nostalgic for fucking like 50s, 40s, 50s culture so that's kind of wild to think about that influence on this type yeah. of setting I guess. Um,
2: and what's so interesting is that every single Kids on Bikes game I've run I, mean, we, I, I set it up like I do with this one where I ask the players when do you want this set and I sort of work from there every single group has told me 80s and I think that's so interesting that every single group wants to do the 80s 80s are fun yeah
3: 80s are fun they seem like they would be
2: yeah they. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I was going Sarah, I don't
3: want to call you out <laughs> but, I can't remember. Ever are you older than me or
1: I think I'm older, right? I'm thirty-two. Oh, no. I thought you were younger. Than yeah, um, yeah. She's weird because yeah. I'm used to being baby.
3: Too bad, so sad. I'm baby now.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to remember Caitlin if you're older or younger than me. I think we're only a couple months apart. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, then how old is Red? was this whole fucking group except for
3: Clinton? Roger is a babies? year older than me.
2: What year were you born, Caitlin? Ninety-two. I was also born ninety-two.
3: Then you're older than me. Yeah.
1: Jesus fuck. So none of us remember the eighties <laughs> or have any context for the eighties. Yeah, which is
2: why class. I think it's so interesting that there is all this sort of like millennial nostalgia. Cause I mean, I'm I'm thirty, so I'm on the younger side of uh of like millennial um But even those who can remember the 80s, it's like they were pretty young during the time. So you have this sort of like technicolor view of the 1980s. And we kind of like gloss over the sort of like, um, like hyper individualist capitalist like uh you know like businessy aspects that you see in a lot of like actual 80s media and do like this sort of like small town community like cool vaporwave whatever sort of aesthetic over stuff that isn't really true to life I mean maybe it is because I wasn't alive in the 80s but um yeah it's interesting But I think that also that's what a lot of people like connect with is like the Stranger Things nostalgia of it versus, uh, versus like going back and actually watching, uh, those movies in the media coming out at that time. Patrick Willems actually has a really interesting, uh, video on YouTube about the most 80s movie of all time. And like the factors that go into it are really interesting because he, um, where are the movies? I know that one of them is, um, is the breakdancing or breakaway something to electric boogaloo, like the original movie that like started all of that. That's one of the movies he rates. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I killed the conversation a little bit.
0: (laughs) And I think that kind of leads into my kind of question for the group. Like what was a moment that you were, thinking like at one point that maybe you were going to try and pursue, but something either in RP or just thinking about it later, did you decide not to go with? That's a good question. Good job,
1: Cliff. You did it. Yeah, I I knew (laughs) I could do it. Didn't have any doubts whatsoever. Uh, It might sound weird, but in literally episode one at the very, I think it was at the very end. Did we end that up? uh oh show my whole ass i don't listen to podcasts so i certainly did listen back to our podcast when it came out uh fiona it was it episode one when uh the raven like, raven like ended up in a it's like a custodian closet and like pulled the ouija board out and it did move by itself yeah that
2: was episode one
1: yeah so uh, truly before that point i was like she totally buys into this shit right like this is this is escapism to a childish degree of like you know, if life's bad, then ghosts exist because at least there's something fantastical in the world. And then the second I was like, I'm going to go in a room and I'm going to pull out my Ouija board, I just had like a moment of like, no, absolutely not. This is performative. Like, there's absolutely no <laughs> chance. This ironic, like, world hating kid actually believes that there's a chance that ghosts are real. She's using this as like a tool in order to manipulate other people's perspectives of her. But, like, before that point, I was totally committed to, like, yes, absolutely, my child believes in Ouija. And that's just something that either other people are going to have to address with her or she's never going to leave this season (laughs) changing her mind about. And I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense.
3: I think for me, something I have, like, written down on, like, my very initial sheets for Babe um, was fear of, like, being left behind or forgotten. And also... Um, a fear of um, her beauty being taken away. And I, not that there was too much opportunity for that to happen as we went along, but to me, it didn't feel right to like, I guess to do something to babe physically that would have been, in that regard, incredibly traumatizing for her, um, but also just because I don't personally care for media that does that, um, especially to like really awful like pretty girls like Babe was meant to embody. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like horror tropes that um, Babe would have been like victim number one. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, that was definitely something that I had contemplated, but also she ended up being really good at charming her way out of situations, um, so it ended up not being as relevant. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think that would be the main thing that I don't think we explored quite as much as I think maybe a longer form game might have been able to deal with it, because um, I don't. I'm not sure how much it got referenced in game. But, like, the fact that Babe had a nose job already and she didn't let Corianne to know um, Mm -hmm. was, like, a big part of, like, her relationship, like, underlying it. But that wasn't ever something that we, like, truly talked about. We never, like, delved into, like, Babe's self-image. And in... The actual context of the game, I'm not sure that it it would have really fit.
1: God, that reminds me of, I mean, directly tied to that, I had two, I was just looking through my notebook, I have two huge starred sentences right when we were going through character creation and the relationship stuff uh, that just say ruin sister's (laughs) life with this like i was i was a hundred percent like i was keeping these little bullets of like the second you fucking piss me off in game i'm gonna tell everyone (laughs) this job and the second you piss me off in game like i have all this fucking dirt on you and then i just completely forgot about it which is (laughs) insane because like i am a younger sibling and like I did have a real contentious relationship with my older brother, and there's no way I would have let that shit slide. So, yeah, that would have been super interesting to explore more. I feel like I dropped the ball on that.
2: It was very wild to me, just, like, the way that you two described, like, Babe and Raven, how much it – I mean, I talked about this, like, in our other episodes, too, but I'm like, how did they just make – Me and my sister. Like, it was wild. Like, I saw, I know that you say that, like, Raven wasn't super like you, but I saw so much of myself in Raven. (laughs) It was this, like, shitty, like, not even really goth, but like definitely into like cryptids and supernatural. Little gremlin of a teenager, and like my sister was like popular and like like very well liked and like beautiful and stuff like that. It was just like, how did they like nail this dynamic? <laughs> oh
1: God. <laughs> sorry Fiona
2: yeah like my sister literally was when we would go to malls and stuff she would be like approached to model and stuff like that like that it was Jesus it was wild and like I'm I think it's because I'm a Leo I'm always amazed I don't have like a because we look nothing alike so I'm always amazed I don't have like a like a fucking complex about this yeah
1: legitimately but um, I feel like that's such an easy one for kids to just glom onto and never, ever, ever be able to let
2: me know. but I'm I'm and she's my sister is such a nice person, but um and like most people was a little bit of an asshole teenager at times, but is is lovely now as an adult. <laughs> um but man, it's like uh that just it, it it was it was fun watching uh babe and Raven develop and to see that like sisterly relationship where they really are like such total opposites and uh have this, like, kind of, like, nice ending together. Um, although I did really like that, like, I was like, okay, guys, like, what's your epilogue? And M's like, Raven fucks up really
1: hard. <laughs> Raven goes to June. Yeah,
2: and I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, let's go with <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm trying to be more, like,
1: like I said, I play with a lot of people that are much more into the, like, you don't always have to have the happy ending type of deal, which really grates on me sometimes, but I'm trying to be a little more like, what's the realistic result here? Yeah. And like, there's no fucking way she got her shit together because she had one like crazy exploration of this secret underground government conspiracy theory and kissed a boy one time. Like, fuck that. No, like, she absolutely would still have issues for years and years and years and years.
2: Yeah, years. I love that for her though. That was. That's so good. It feels very true to her. And like, you know, it's not a long running campaign, but if it if it were and you guys would like pursue what happened next, that feels like it feels like an interesting direction for her to go.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
2: Man, listening to you guys talk about who you were in high school and stuff, I'm like, was I a bad kid? <laughs> you kind of were. I
1: mean, Fiona, there was shit that you talked about, like, your experience when we were recording this, where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you were a cool kid.
2: Was I really? Yeah, doing fucking urban I... exploring and shit. Yeah, that that I, that I love. I, I have such fond memories of that, going with my friends all over to a fake ghost (laughs) that was very when Raven started doing that I'm like oh yeah I remember the fake weenie board (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness it was so fun Um, yeah my parents never did the well uh, my parents are sort of hippies so they were like oh yeah just like there's a bicycle you know you live in a small town nothing's gonna happen All right, see you later (laughs) just whenever I came back was when I came back yeah
1: I also feel like for me, that was a huge part of, again, not having an understanding of this setting even a little bit, because I grew up in, you know, Cincinnati, which is like one of the huge three cities in Ohio. And so like, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what, what small town life was. Like the best that I got for that was my street was a small town, sort of, but like, it's, it's just not anywhere near the level of like, everybody knows you. And there's like the spots that you hang out, like, I don't know. All that stuff is very interesting to me and very wild to me.
2: Yeah. I uh, don't super miss it, I'll be honest. Um, but I, ha- I have a lot of very fond memories, so I shouldn't say I don't miss it. Um, it's not where I would like to be at this point in my life, I think, is the better way of putting it. Um, but I-, I had some very cool experiences just being able to uh, to do that, just Get on a bicycle and go wherever and make up uh urban legends about cornfields and uh try not to speed going over the state lines because technically you couldn't take minors over state
1: lines. Oh shit. What the fuck? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, that was that was something we ran into a lot where like we didn't want any of our friends to be like too young. So like If we were like eighteen or whatever, we didn't want to bring like a freshman with us because then it's like, well, what are these like eighteen year olds doing with fourteen year old? But we figured if it was like eighteen and seventeen, like we would be let off with a warning. Um, and we also had I don't know how true this is but we were pretty convinced that if you like broke the law at all like before the age of 18 you would just like be let off with a warning or like oh my god happen, or if anything <laughs> did happen it would just be like erased in like a year anyway so oh,
1: no. <laughs> I mean I don't know maybe that's a small town thing but oh my fucking god Fiona
2: <laughs> We didn't do anything that bad. Uh-huh. But it was mostly like trespassing and like petty like, theft <laughs> kind of stuff. It wasn't that
1: bad. Just like stealing and trespassing. And...
2: Well, it was all stuff that was. So we, like in our town, there was an abandoned water park, and we would like go in there sometimes and like take stuff. And we figured that if we weren't eighteen, we'd like would actually get in trouble for it, which like kind of sounds ridiculous now. Um, but we we did steal stuff from there occasionally. So, I'm sure the statue of limitations is well up on that, so I can say that in a recording. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna get arrested yeah. now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we have it. Well, I certainly don't have any of it. I think it's all at my one friend's house. Still, <laughs> all the stupid shit we took. Oh, God.
1: So it wasn't even yeah. like practical. It was just like trophy shit.
2: Yeah, it was like it was like partially degraded, like chairs and like oh random God. signs that said silly things, and it like um like broken toys and things like that. I, I mean, it really was just like a small very shitty water park (laughs) so there was nothing like good there which is why they just left all of it for years
1: it's wild the more that i mean mostly you talk about your high school experience i was like that was me in college like was i just you know seven years late (laughs) to doing all of this stuff (laughs) i think so
2: well, see, you should have been doing it in high school because there's no laws. Yep, you're, you're legally able to do whatever
1: the fuck you want and they can't do anything to you is what I understand now.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's my non-legal advice if you live in a small town is there's no laws until you turn 18.
0: You become invincible if you drink White Claws. Chelsea, please contact.
2: Hello? I did not drink. I n- I never drank until I was twenty one. That is, I was that is my a, thing.
0: I was making a bad joke about underage drinking because ain't no, yeah, laws, ain't if you're no laws if you're claws. drinking claws. You become immortal if you drink white claws. When you're <laughs> <in high laughs> hey, speaking of
1: drinking in high school. Um, Oh my God, I really hope that there's at least one person that listens and is like, none of these fucking idiots ever went to a high school party for that fucking <laughs> I mean, party on the
2: beach. No, I, it, I, not those kind of high school parties. I wasn't going to those because we were at the abandoned water. You're right, party. having your own parties <laughs> and stealing
1: shit.
3: Look, I just 100% told you, I didn't even know that these parties were actually happening. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs>
1: I, mean I knew they were happening, but like, there's not a chance in how I'd get an invite or Dane to show my face. It's just I don't I, know.
2: I could see from my bedroom window, like I lived like across the street from like a popular kid, so I could see the parties. Oh my I God, wasn't that's invited. So to. upsetting. <laughs> he was actually a nice guy. I did like him. <laughs> but I was never invited to the cool yeah, parties. Yeah, he fucked I that could guy. See them. <laughs> if you don't Fiona what was his name? Was a Fred Footballman? <laughs> Uh, no, it was not Fred Footballman. See, I'm like paranoid that he's going to like. Hear <laughs> he's this, listening and, to this and podcast I, like... <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'm not going to give Jimmy. Russell. <laughs> so I'm not going to give any uh, any more identifying information. I did live by a number of cool people though. So I'll uh... oh, I'll keep them guessing. That was also my high school experience is that the most because there were some people who were like really shitty, but like genuinely the most popular people I all felt like were really nice. Yeah. Was that anyone else's experience? No, not
1: even a little bit. I mean, my issue is I went to an all girls high school. So like the most popular people were the actual uh, fucking most heinous pieces of shit. Uh,
2: yeah. I
3: typically thought that like our popular like kids were also decently nice. But I will say that like, I think a lot of people were nice to me and that didn't always translate to other people although i don't remember seeing a lot of like them being nasty to anybody firsthand i know like it didn't have to be outright nasty because all it could be was like just social ostracism and you just ignoring Mm -hmm. somebody was violent enough to cause a lot of problems for people socially in high school so
1: yeah i don't know keelan that kind of makes sense to me i have uh one of my closest friends is a friend that I made in high school and she reminds me a lot of you in a lot of ways. And I don't know if I coined the term or she did, but we, we call her like a floater, like Mm -hmm. what she was like in high school where like she, she wasn't really necessarily in like a specific friend group, but she was so just like chill and fairly well liked by everybody that everybody was just kind of nice to her. And she kind of could just hang out with whoever the fuck she wanted to.
3: No, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, relatedly, this is this is the part where I tell you, like, senior year, um, that's genuinely what I did during lunchtime. So I would like eat my food on the senior balcony with the other seniors, and would talk to them for like however long that took, and then I would literally go down to the like the rest of the cafeteria, and then like walk around to different tables and like hang out with different groups of people that were having the same lunch period as me. But like that could be like people in my own grade or it could be like, I made friends with a lot of people across the other like three grades just because I was just like, well, everybody's neat. And also because at that time, by the time I was a senior, my um one of my sisters was in high school with me. So we knew collectively a lot of people together so, I would go between like her friends and say hi, and then, you know, whoever else I'd encountered. But, um, like, socially speaking, I think it was also hard to put me in a category <laughs> because I was like very good academically speaking. Um, but I also was an athlete and a pretty good one, and I was also an orchestra. <laughs> So like, I don't know, I I like kind of got into a lot of things. And my only real question about myself at that time period is how I ended up with so many friends when I tended not to talk almost at all to most people.
0: Yeah, that reminds me a lot about like my high school experience. It wasn't until like sophomore year of college that I realized I was kind of that like, floater as well i didn't really bounce between a whole lot of groups but like i quote unquote played football in high school so like i was friends with the football people i was in choir um, and i would have people i had no idea who they were just like out of nowhere come up and say hi walking through the halls and i'd be like oh what's going on and i'm just like <laughs> who are you
2: <laughs> i i feel like i had that experience more in college where i like everyone knew everyone and like my mom was a teacher also so like all the teachers sort of like knew me oh, i felt that's like rough. yeah she wasn't like a mainstream education teacher, though. She was um, a multiply handicapped disability teacher. So she was like, she always said that she was sort of like separated from it, which is also really interesting because at one point she would have to go like into like mainstream classrooms and um, they would always be like, oh, so you want to be in like your daughter's classes like me or my sister? And she's like, no, why would you want your mom in class with you? Like put me in another class. Um, thank you, mom. <laughs> but uh, I was I was not a good student, and uh, certainly not a good athlete. Um. And then I was a good student in college because I figured that that's when it actually mattered. But um, I mean, that's probably true. Um. But yeah. Uh. Speaking of Nick, unless there's any final, final let's let's go into final thoughts before we speak about Nick. Say his forbidden name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are are everyone's final thoughts about this game, this retrospective, Um, just stuff your childhood? Wrap up the therapy session. (laughs) Yeah, wrap up the therapy session slash nonsense. (laughs) First, Um, yeah,
3: I have really enjoyed this season with everybody, and like. Getting to play a game with M for the first time after um, hearing about the the Gremlin shenanigans for a few years and never having experienced it myself was a delight, and I just like <laughs> loved getting to like interact with everybody's characters and just I don't know I am full of warm fuzzy feelings despite the fact that I played Babe <laughs> she is not a warm fuzzy feeling for the most part. Um, and just, like, getting to re-examine, like, my own perceptions of what it was like to be that age and the conflicts of being that age was, a like, a great opportunity, I think. I think we're, as a society, we're often very hard on um, people this age, children this age, and we usually assume that they're all, like, I don't know, like shitty troublemakers and not like real human beings with like minds and fears and like heartaches and stories. And so getting to be back in the shoes of somebody that is in that age, even if it's just for a game with your friends that we're then giving to all of our other friends, that's all of you, is like an excellent opportunity. And I was, I'm so grateful that I got to be here. Aww. And this is why it's really hard for me to play babe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Emma, I'm pulling seniority. You're next. Oh, I hate that. I mean, my answer is boring. I don't know. It's the first
1: time I've ever fucking reported, re- reported, recorded a podcast. Um, so that was interesting. And I always like playing new systems, but I certainly didn't go too far outside of my comfort zone because I was like, this is already the first time I'm doing this. I'm not going to take any wild swings with this character. So it was just kind of nice to play my usual little blurbo. Um And I don't know, I was so fond of the... I feel bad because I feel like session one, the first time Raven and Sylvester interacted, I was like, yep, there it is. <laughs> Roger's the one I bother this game. And so I'm very much committed to that bit very early as sort of like a I have to make a connection with another character so that I have something to, I don't know, wrap my mind around when I'm playing. Um, so that was fun. I mean, I always like doing romance stuff in-game, so I appreciate Fiona, you facilitating that as much as you did. And, I don't know. It was
0: fun. Thanks for inviting me to play. This was really interesting and a lot of fun. Alright. All right, yeah, that I pulled my seniority because I was going to say nice things to M and I didn't want to make M feel on the spot about saying nice things back.
1: Um, no, I never would. Don't worry no, about but it. I
0: regularly play games in-home games with M like twice a week as long as there's no complications that come up. And I was especially excited for this season. I'm always excited to get to be part of the derailed cinematic universe and, you know, <laughs> perform these characters. But it was just extra exciting for me because Emma is someone I genuinely enjoy gaming with, despite how much I might play bicker with them. And it was really awesome to get to. Bring a little bit of that dynamic and a little bit of something different from me as a character on these shows out. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And there were all of the moments and more that I would have expected that dynamic being brought out. And I feel like it helped bring out the best in everyone else around us for it. And I just, I really had a lot of fun with it.
2: Mm. It's been so nice um, now, and also on the thread, hearing people say such nice things about this game. um, Because I had so much fun. I see, I always feel like in these, I I just like sit back and like let you guys just like play, and then I don't do anything, but I'm like an observer. Um, But it's been, I I like that, I've heard a bunch of people say they really liked the ending um, from my players. 'Cause it was very interesting. Here's my sort of final thought. Um I didn't I don't think I said it in the episode. Um but when you guys were just like in the facility and then you're like, Oh yeah, we leave, I'm like, You leave? Like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just and I'm like, I don't want to railroad them, so I guess they just fucking leave. <laughs> 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 and then you get to Slappies and you're like huh I wonder what we should do and I'm like yeah I'm real curious <laughs> yeah
1: I wonder what you should do what
2: the fuck guys cause I, had, I have like okay they're they're gonna go and they're gonna try to rescue people and they're gonna do all this different so they're like okay bye Um, and so I was so it, and it just tickled me so much I was like I loved the like breaking into the television station and you know do, <laughs> doing all that um and I feel like with all these seasons, I always learn so much about um about like GMing and storytelling and uh like engaging in in stuff like this and especially doing so when you know you have like an audience listening in, which is always such a treat. And I'm always so glad that we're able to do it. Um I just I love playing with all of you. I I love running for like you know, Cliff, Caitlin, Annie, and Roger—I've all run before, and they're always such good players. And I didn't know what to expect from M. Like I said, but um I got exactly what I wanted, <laughs> and I was also bullied every time I tried to fucking do oh something. God. I was criticized, um, I'm so which. <laughs> just everything that came out of my mouth was just undermined it was it was a fun experience i liked it a lot um but yeah this was a joy so i i looked in my notebook we have been doing this season for over a year yeah Um, really year yeah february 2022 was when we started um And we were doing it so ahead of schedule. And then at the end, we sort of had to... uh, And and then we were not ahead of schedule. Yeah. 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 Um, Just because of various things that have gotten in the way over the past year plus. Um, But I'm so glad that I was able to do this with you guys. And I'm so sad that it's over. But feel like i i like have a game that i you know i'm really proud of what we recorded with it and i love running it for people and one day i'll play also maybe um but with putting that to bed what's exciting is uh what's yet to come on fables and we can finally announce our next season um The year is 2133. Humanity has never been more advanced, with thousands of new science and industry outposts being established ever farther out beyond the asteroid belt. While corporate execs toast to rising profits aboard their orbital yachts and asteroid resorts, the hard work of roughnecks like the crew of the Synergistic Management Solutions 103 are what makes it all possible. Leave it to Nick to put a bunch of science words (laughs) that I'm trying to cold read on this retrospective. Uh, but when that weary crew wakes up, they find themselves millions of miles off course at a secret space station deep within the Kuiper Belt. The horrors and challenges of life and work in space may finally become too much to bear. Join Fables veterans Caitlin Camp and Roger Page, Tales of the Voidfarers Tanner Bivens, and newcomers Adam Seats and Twitch streamer Bam Crash Kapow as they play... The space RPG horror mothership by Tuesday Night Games, GM'd by Voidfarer DM Nick Eurosiva, premieres Wednesday, May 24th. And uh, we'll have a trailer at the end of this episode Ooh. for you to listen to that better than this paragraph that I just cold read. Thank you, Caitlin, for telling <laughs> me how to <didn't> pronounce that. <laughs> No, and
3: this is me telling everybody that they should listen to this season, if only because I am existentially terrified of space, and I agreed to play a space horror game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah,
2: why. I was. It's fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. Yeah, I, I was curious about that, because like... I saw your guys' conversations and Nick's like oh like what kind of space horror stuff do you guys not like and you're like all of it <laughs> and I'm like oh boy Caitlin's in for it <laughs> you well know, wow.
3: this doesn't spoil anything Nick will be describing something and I will be sitting there like just feeling like I'm gonna throw up or pass out you're like this is fine everything is fine my character is actually fine I am not fine it's great it's excellent
2: yeah and if you've listened to um to uh tales of the void fairy you know how like cinematic nick is and how much he loves space shit so you know it's gonna be good i'm so excited for this season to come out um that will not be worked on for over a year it'll be worked on in a reasonable amount of time (laughs) um but yeah so that's what we have coming up um yeah, thank you all for listening to this. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed playing, or at least I have enjoyed DMing. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I've gotten positive feedback, at least in my face. So there's that. Um, <laughs> you should the compliments that we want to hear it them. Oh shit! Yeah, you're fucked, idiot. <laughs> thank you, Em. <laughs> 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 we'll see you all in the next season. Love you, bye, drive home safe. Bye. 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 Series
3: SMS
0: 108, you are go for talking approach. series.
2: Matched. Jack, what the hell is this?
0: Apparently, my contract has been sold to yet another shell
2: company for Valkyrie.
1: We can't expect to progress in any organization if we don't put in the work. I think you got a little brown on your nose. fuck off, Cameron. Contact. (laughs) (laughs) Memory desync detected. So you both go check and see what's going on. I'm going to pull up the logs. Something really fucked up here. Gallagher, Gallagher, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm I'm here. All that data is probably the key to
2: getting out of here. Collision force detected. Oh, Jesus Christ. Make another sanity check. Oh that's bad. Oh no. What
1: the fuck? Oh.
0: No. Back the ship, y'all, back the ship, y'all, back the ship, y'all. Fables around the table. Continuum.
1: Playing Mothership. Episode 1, May 24. Be
0: careful.